Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 17, 2013, and today we're reading from the big book. You're going to find us in Chapter 2, entitled, There is a Solution, on page 28, the third paragraph down, beginning with the Distinguished American Psychologist. And today's readers are Penny E., Judy B., Rebecca, Fran, and Deborah. The share ID for yesterday's special edition, Sunday, June 16th, 4647. 4647. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Lois, star one to unmute. Already out there. Uh, Good morning, the 12 steps. Number one, we, decide, we, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people as, whenever possible, except when to do so, would injure them one to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, probably admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Philomena to read the 12 Traditions. 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at a level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 28, the third paragraph down, beginning with the Distinguished American Psychologist. And I will ask Penny E. to begin reading, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everybody. Penny E., a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey. The distinguished American psychologist William James, in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. 
if what we have learned and felt and, and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. Love it. All right, Penny recovered in South Jersey. Um, if you're just joining us, we're in the middle. We're almost to the end of There is a Solution. We've uh, studied the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, and the doctor's opinion. And now Bill and the first 100 are telling us there is a solution. There is a solution. Fabulous. And what we're studying, my interpretation of what we read so far, is absolutely there is a solution, and it has everything to do with a higher power, everything to do with a higher power. And uh, this particular paragraph says, to, well, the one thing that I really am looking at is um, uh, living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms, terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. So I have an ulterior motive here. I mean, I'm sick. I'm dying. I'm suicidal. You know, I, I just don't want to live. I can't live with the food. I can't live without the food. I, I just, I'm at my wit's end. Death, suicide looks like a step up. So I have an ulterior motive here. Let me see what this solution is. Let me have an open, willing, and honest uh, attitude towards this. If it's worked for 100 alcoholics prior to, uh, you know, the, the start of uh, Overeaters Anonymous, let me be willing and honest to take a look at what has tried for them. I have an ulterior motive today. I want to live. I want to be peace. I want to be have peace. I want to be happy, joyous, and free. So absolutely I was willing. I will do anything that you tell me to do, only as the dying can, can be willing. You know, I want to live. I can't live in this hell. And to be honest about the fact that I do have this disease. I do have this disease. I've tried a million, a trillion, my husband used to say 11 million ways of trying to uh, live with it. Nothing has worked. Please, God, let me be willing and honest enough to try. Um, and we don't argue with anybody. There's no friction among us over such matters. You know, it, it says in the beginning that, that we don't have any, we can't convince anyone that there's only one way by which faith can be acquired. So anyway, I wish you all a beautiful, God-filled day, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Kathy in Boston. May I share? Of course, Kathy. Go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everyone. I'm Kathy from Boston, uh, recovered compulsive overeater, and um you know, I sit here uh, very aware of my first reactions to this idea of God almost 20 years ago when I first walked into the OA rooms. And um, <clears throat> I almost did not return to a second meeting because I did cringe at the idea of God. I was uh, um, someone who had lived for 40-some-odd years as an agnostic, and um, I just shut the door on this possibility. And it was only 
through the grace of God, actually, as I look back, that I had enough willingness to keep coming back. And uh, the more I connected with other people who had um, developed a relationship with a higher power and became open to asking them how they went about doing that, all of a sudden, uh, or not all of a sudden, it actually happened very gradually for me, I became willing to consider the possibility and willing to take some very small actions um, in order to explore whether or not I could have a relationship with a living creator. Um, And I'm just so grateful today that I had that bit of willingness um, and desperation. I'm sure that was a piece of it, such that I was willing to try some of what my fellows had done. And, you know, simply sitting in quiet meditation on a regular basis and reciting the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer, um, that became a meaningful exercise to me. Um, And before I knew it, um, I was looking forward to that every single day. And if I missed the day, I felt somewhat deprived or off or not quite right. So um, I think it is true that there are so many different ways to find this living connection. Um, And I'm just so grateful that I came back uh, long enough to discover it, and it continues to grow, and I continue to learn uh, how to go about this from my fellows. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Anyone else like to comment? This is Katie from Boston. Katie, go ahead. Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie G. I am a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. Grateful to be here on the line this morning. When I got to this part of the reading with my sponsor, um, she explained to me that um, what this part of the reading meant is, you know, that God is attainable for everyone as long as I'm willing and honest. And I was not at a point um, before I started, you know, um, before I before I became doomed to an alcoholic death, before I realized that my food addiction was killing me as a thin woman in recovery where I didn't eat no matter what, no matter what I didn't eat, which is an important slogan that I, that I learned, but that my life was completely unmanageable by me and I had to step aside as God in my life because up until this point, I was playing God, right? Like I was the manager um, and I didn't realize, I, I think what is the most profound part of this of this program is that when I came into, like I, I had many prejudices, many old ideas that God hated me, there was no God um, and I didn't, I didn't, I was very scared. I was very scared that people were going to tell me, you need to believe this, you need to be, believe that. But, you know, like one of the, another really amazing line in a different part of our reading is be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what they offer. And so I, up to this point, you know, by the time we came to page 28, I had seen with my sponsor, we had talked about 
devastation of my life, living my life both in active addiction and in active sobriety and the damage that I did in my life and in other people's lives when I was trying to run my own life. And so by this point, it was like, you know what? Like, I, all I know is that the way I'm living my life is not working, and there has to be. Like, there has to be a God, because if there isn't, there's nothing else. There's nothing else for me to try. And, and to form a relationship, my sponsor said to me, you are blocked right now, Katie. You are blocked by the manifestations of self, by selfishness, dishonesty, self-centeredness, and fear. And the only way for you to get this um, relationship with God is to continue, is to start this work um, and look at it. And and I love that it, you know, I just need to have simple and understandable terms. Like, if you ask me what time it is, I'll tell you how to make a clock. You know, like, I complicate everything. But this is a simple and understandable God, and that there doesn't have to be friction among us. Like, there's so much friction um, around ideas of God in the world, but, like, somehow, by the grace of God, this book has brought the desperate, someone as desperate as me into a program and helped me find a God within that, like, runs my life today. And I am truly, truly grateful that I had to be devastated and convinced that I had no other way first. And um, I'm just grateful, and I'm grateful um, about that I have learned from so many different people, you know, that I have some of my close, the closest people in my life are of a religious affiliations that I would know nothing of. And they help me a day at a time. God works through them and um, and through me as well, thank God. So with that, I pass. I am thank Sheila Manchair. Sheila, yes, go ahead. Thank you. Sheila from New York, compulsive over the year. Um, very, very grateful um, for the work that we've done, particularly in this particular paragraph there is a solution. I have, I mean, since college, have always been in have inquiries around religions and different faiths. I took courses in it in school because I was always seeking and looking as if there was something other than um, what was being told to me. And um, today I know that no matter what you call him, Allah, God, or whatever, there's just one creator who created everything, and I'm grateful for that and I'm at peace with that. Um, What I, I wanted to share about this particular reading was I continue to what I call reinforce, enhance my spiritual armor. My spiritual armor is what helps me go out each and every day and deal with life on life terms and not on chillest terms. And just very recently, um, as of Friday, I would say, there has definitely been a real shifting with me. And I reached people, I called people because I couldn't really understand what it was. And because I already have a relationship with God, I knew that I was having some type of God consciousness. Um, I've turned many people, places, and things over to a God of my understanding, but not my food. Not until very, very recently. I could definitely feel a shift. And what came to me was that the comfort that I used to seek in food, I realized I was kind of hurting myself, not kind of hurting myself with food. It's like a self-adulating thing, and I don't have to do that. Food no longer comforts me. The only comfort, a real comfort that I can have is releasing my life into the hands of a power greater than myself. And um, i got to tell you, it feels better than anything I've ever baked or tasted. And with that, I, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to hone in on this statement here. If what we have learned and felt 
and seen means anything at all. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Again, these pages were penned by those who had recovered. They were ex-problem drinkers. The obsession of the mind had been driven out. It had been expelled. Um, So what they're saying here is what? If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, meaning that this is a a text that's written in a spirit of accommodation. This higher power is according to your own conception. You know, as, as long as it's not you and as long as it's greater than you. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, I mean, if God dwells in me, then he dwells in you too. And since God resides within each and every one of us equally, we all have the same spiritual potential, the same potential to live a life that's happy, joyous, and free. Whatever our race, creed, or color are the children of a living creator with whom we we may form a relationship. Again, it's through this relationship with a higher power of our understanding that the compulsive overeater, the alcoholic, experiences a lifting of the merciless obsession. You know, the big book teaches us that we are going to be at certain times without any effective mental defense against the first bite. That defense must come from a power greater than ourselves. But it is a spirit, it's in a spirit of accommodation that this uh, is written and applied. You know, uh, the sky is the limit here. The sky is the limit here. As soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. What the steps do, the implementation of the steps, is clear away a channel so that this power, according to your understanding, um, can can make up a proper and... Uh, powerful impact on your soul and your heart and the correct perspective of the world can come in. You know, I, I personally, I, I know, I knew going into this thing that, uh, into this process that my life was on the line. I knew going in, I was at the last house on the block. Um, the, the, the beauty is, and the reality is, is that on the one side, I had almost two decades of mayhem and madness in this progressive disease called compulsive overeating. And on the other hand, I had living proof of people who had recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So you know what I did? I just took that paradise. I didn't know what game we were playing, but I threw them out on the board and I took a leap. And having no idea what to expect, and in spite of my own crippled belief system and in spite of my own experience, uh, I, I uh, submitted myself and surrendered myself to this process. And, uh, you know, the program and its results uh, came true for me. I was transformed the way this book uh, describes. And it was true for me, and it can be true for anyone on this line who is honest and willing enough to try. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. This is Elaine from Massachusetts. Elaine, go ahead. Um, 
my experience with this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease was actually a flip-flop uh, where I came into the program with a very deep uh, relationship with a power greater than myself that had helped me put down many life-threatening addictions. Um, however, there was a shift in those, and they all went to food, which is probably my primary addiction all along. And um, came into the rooms with just great willingness and desperation and was able to uh, work with a sponsor and, you know, maintain about a 100-pound weight loss for many years. And this baffling, cunning, and powerful addiction uh, began to whisper to me that many of these people are different than you. And um, I, I worked with a few other sponsors, and their spiritual foundation was different than mine. And um, I began to believe that uh, there's, you know, there's only one way. And um, even though the book says that there's that that uh, you know many spiritual and faith-based organizations will have no problem with this foundation, however, I, I did have a few that that did, and um, it was really giving a doorway for the disease to come in and say, you know, you can do this on your own like you did with the others, or you can do this just with God. And um, so I tried it and realized that, you know what, I really need the structure. I really need uh, the steps. I really need this way of life. Um, I really need the basis of a relationship with a power greater than myself that I have found in these rooms that I haven't found anywhere else. And um, I'm still struggling, still looking for the right sponsor. And this has been the one big question in my head, and it's so amazing to me. I just discovered this meeting. Uh, this is my second time on. And to have it addressed so quickly and so clearly, because what I heard, um, read this morning, that said that in the rooms, we don't have a problem with this. This isn't a place where we take issue of um, the form and method of a power greater than R, but that we believe that everybody has equal access to a relationship with a power greater than themselves. And, um, and I, I truly, truly deeply believe that. And so I feel as though... Uh, I'm stumbling on the very things that might remove the hindrances that um, that are standing in my way. And that sounds just like my God. So thank you very much for the opportunity to share. Thank you. And I pass. Let's, thank you very much. Let's move on this to the next Katie. paragraph with Judy. This is Judy B., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. Uh, exactly true. We think it of no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. And we know that um, 
the 12-step program is uh, made up of people from all religions. You know, we have we have people that worship in many, many different ways, and it just makes no difference. I mean, we we come to have our own understanding of God, um, the God which will bring us to this uh, very personal uh, experience, spiritual experience, which will change our lives. And... Um, Different religious um, groups help many of us to uh, to amplify that and to grow in that area, but it's it's not it's not a necessary part of program. It, I I just think that I found that so many people do deepen their um, relationship with uh, the God of their understanding that they are attracted uh, sometimes back to to the church that they grew up in. Sometimes they're attracted to. Uh, other other groups um, which worship differently than they were taught in their younger years, but that it's it's open to all. Um, we, you know, our faith can come in many different ways, and I, I'm so grateful that that uh, my faith grew in the twelve step program. I mean, I came in with with religious convictions, but boy, I never never um, grew in church. Uh, at a young age, the way I have grown in program, and uh, it has deepened my my personal relationship with God, and it has changed my life. And I'm so grateful that it's that it's all inclusive, that that everyone uh, can benefit from this. You know, God has created each one of us individually, and uh, He knows what we need. And this program brings us to that relationship with Him. I am I am so grateful for that. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Anyone else like to comment on this? Yes, paragraph? this is Amy. Katie. This is, so, did I hear Amy and then Katie, please? Good morning. My name is Amy. I am a compulsive reader recovered from Maryland. We think it of no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. Well, why is there no concern? Because this is a spiritual program. This is a spiritual remedy that they are describing in this book, not a religious one. It doesn't matter what walk of life, race, creed, color is mentioned in the prior paragraph or what religious body you come from or if you don't come from a religious affiliation whatsoever. This program is offered to all of us as long as we are willing to believe in a power greater than ourselves. I've said it before, I'll say it again. My sponsor said to me very clearly, I don't care if you think it's Jesus, Buddha, or the universal vibes of a tree, as long as you ain't it. And I understood that because of myself alone, I had placed myself beyond human aid. I could not defeat my compulsive overeating. I was powerless. I was without mental defense. But here was a program that showed me recovered people. And as I came into this program completely agnostic i needed to understand that it didn't mean i had to have a religious background it just needed it just i just needed to have a willingness to believe in something greater than myself and to stop fighting this disease with my own willpower because i didn't stand a chance a snowball's chance in hell you know we go back to bill's story on page 12 he also ran into this similar situation he's sitting in there at the kitchen table you know he stands at the turning point about deciding about whether or not not he's going to surrender and his friend suggests to him it seemed like a novel idea he said 
why don't you choose your own conception of God? This statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Thus I was convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. As long as I saw, I felt, I believed. Scales of pride and prejudice fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. This is what I needed to understand, that I was not the higher power. And it didn't matter what I believed, as long as it wasn't me and I was willing to work this program. I went, I saw, and I believed of what you all showed me, of those who had recovered and gone before. I was willing to act as if. That's a very powerful slogan in our program. I didn't know what to believe. I wasn't sure about the God of religion. But I was willing to believe that you guys had a power that I didn't have. You weren't shoving food down your throat as I was. So I was willing to act as if I was willing to believe. Over time, my belief in a higher power evolved. But I understood then it didn't have to be some preconceived idea. I just had to be willing. I just had to be completely willing. And it goes from there. It all goes from there. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Katie, go ahead. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, And I just wanted to focus on the anonymity part of this, that um, there is – uh, no friction among us over such matters from the previous para- paragraph, and then um, this should be an entirely personal affair with each, which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. We are anonymous in the room, and we're anonymous in our religious affiliation. You know, that's when I've gotten into trouble, is when I tried to convince others that um, my way was the only way, whether it be my um, my religious way of uh, viewing God in, with people in the room or with trying to convince people in my religious uh, body that um, Overeaters Anonymous, the 12-step way of life was the only way to lose weight. Both of those um, got me into trouble, and these two paragraphs are making it very clear that we don't have to do that that, you know, our relationship with God is personal and so is my relationship um, with this program. It's um, I can hold my own anonymity. There's a lot of people out there in religious bodies who think, you know, that you should be recovered as in cured. And they're going to argue with you. But, you know, it says in our literature, we have resigned from the debating society. And I have resigned from that debating society that I don't have to convince my family, my employer, my um, church members, um, anyone, that this is how God has saved me um, with my words. I show it in my actions. I show it in my life. The proof is in the pudding, so to speak, that I have maintained a 70-pound weight loss for 25 years. Who can argue with that? Um, you know, but of course, weight loss isn't everything, and so, you know, that's where the spiritual aspect comes in, and it's a day-at-a-time process. 
Um, just like I believe pretty much every religious um, belief out there talks about that, that, you know, we, we meet with God on a daily basis. And, you know, it, it can be uh, difficult when I'm meeting new people and they want to try to tell me some other way or that, you know, like I said, like, well, you know, I have a problem because every year on their anniversary, people, you know, get up and they share their story and they identify as an alcoholic or as a compulsive overeater. And, you know, I just don't get into debate, into the debates about that kind of thing. It's just not, um, it's not worth it to me. The point is that I have to find a higher power and it's not me. And I have to trust that higher power to lead me on a daily basis through my life, not just with the food, but with everything. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice. Hi, it's Linda from Connecticut. I'd like to share. Janice and then Linda. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. So we are talking about here the beauty, the beauty of what developed here in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not trying to convince anyone that there is only one way to find God or that it matters particularly what church you might go to, what religious affiliation might develop for you, or what you come in with. What kind of knowledge and education you might have had before you find us, before you find us. Because it says what first it seemed a flimsy read became, proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God and that we learned and we felt and we've seen as we work the 12 steps. And I am a firm believer because I have watched it happen in myself and in others around me that when you grab hold of these 12 steps and you work the 12 steps as if your life depends on it, that what you gain is an experience of God. So people who come in who I talk to frequently who tell me that they just can't figure out this whole concept of God and that they feel like they have to do that in order for this program to have any kind of benefit for them, I say just get started. Just get started, and let's see where that leads. If you are as desperate as I was, if you have been taken by this disease to a place that is utter hell and you can't find your way out, then try this way and see what happens. You know, if it doesn't work for you, fine. I'll I'll send you off with love. But if it does work for you, then what you're going to experience is God. And it's going to be as the process develops in you. It's going to be as you grab hold and you work these steps and you follow the directions laid out here in the big book, the precise directions, because that's what happens to the rest of us. That's what happened to me. It's what happened to Leah. It's what happened to Amy. It's what happened to all of us, Katie, every one of us who comes on this line and shares with you, we went through this process. And as a result of this process, we found God. 
the God of our understanding, deeply within us, it says. And we may reform a relationship with simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Honest enough to try working these 12 steps. Honest enough to say, I can't do it by myself and I need help. And if there is a God, let him reveal himself to me. Because he will in the working of the 12 steps. So it's an entirely personal affair what you call this higher power or whether you come in with great religious education or none at all. You know, some of us may find a a spiritual home in a religious body when we go through these steps, and some of us may not choose to do that. But it doesn't matter either way. God is still available to each and every one of us through the working of the 12 steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Linda, please. Good morning. I'm Linda from Connecticut, and I... I'm a recovered compulsive overeater solely through the grace of God and through these these steps, the program. Uh, What a wonderful talk we're having this morning. Um, When I came in, I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I was because I couldn't find God. And I had the gift, way past uh, desperation, I had the gift of terror. And someone mentioned acting as if. So I acted as if, and I did what I was told, went through the steps, and it's a number of years later, 30 years later, I have a relationship with God that blows my mind in a good way. I, It's so easy to let other people be where they are at in terms of their spirituality because I don't have to prove that God is real God will prove that. I don't have to prove, say, to a sponsee or anyone who asks, um, that God is within, which it says in the text. God is within. When I started, I thought, I'm 38 years old. I know what's within. Yeah, I had no idea that underneath all the little shards of glass that were my life that were embedded inside, and that's an awful image, but it's accurate. Underneath all of that, the steps would unearth all of that glass, and there was my soul. I, it's, unbel- it's, it's just fantastic. And the reason I can be tolerant of other people and where they're at is because I have unconditional love. I'm not guessing about it. I'm not wishing for it. It is what I sought from the food. Unconditional love and guidance, and it's ongoing. I need it every day because I have to keep growing. And it's wonderful. It's just, please get in the lifeboat. This really works. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Let's move to the next paragraph, please, with Rebecca. Rebecca, star one to unmute. Fran, are you available to read the next paragraph, please? 
Yes, Leigh, what, which paragraph were we on? Fran, we're on page 28, the last paragraph beginning with, in the following chapter. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it. Then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such conviction, convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. And I pass. Thank you, Fran. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? This is Kim. This is Kim. Can you hear me? Kim, go ahead. Okay. I hear you, Kim. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Leia got dropped. <laughs> oh, techn- technology. So much fun. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we have recovered. These are followed by 43 personal experiences. So I often hear people say, well, how do I work these steps? How do I work these steps? And and we love to go to the OA 12 and 12 and the AA 12 and 12 because Chapter 1 is Step 1, Chapter 2 is Step 2, Chapter 3 is Step 3. But they are not directions. What the OA 12 and 12 is and what the AA 12 and 12 is is people's personal reflections on what that step meant to them. Bill wrote a story about what were the experiences people had doing these steps. OA wrote essays on what were people's experiences while working the steps, but there's no directions. What this book has that no other book claims is clear-cut directions. And what we're doing right now in this chapter is we are working on coming to that conclusion that we need these directions. Because we don't work step one in the traditional sense. We work step one in our kitchen and in our cabinets and our refrigerators. And when that food beats us into a state of reasonableness, when we've come to that conclusion that we are powerless over the food and our lives are unmanageable, we're looking for a solution. And when we look at at step two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves, which could restore us to sanity, which is saying that we're insane, if we've come to that conclusion that we need, we need a higher power because we are insane and we have failed utterly in managing our own lives, that leads us to step three. And step three is now that we know we're powerless, now that we know that we need a power, we're going to make the decision to take those action steps to access that power. What we're talking about right now is do I need that power? I do not have access to the power. I am an utter failure. I have tried to be my own higher power. I have tried to manage my life to the best of my ability. And in any business, I would have been fired years ago. Years ago. 
So what we have here are clear-cut directions that are going to follow. So the way that we work these steps is by going through the big book. By going through the big book, laying aside our prejudices, laying aside those best ideas that got us to crawl into the room of Overeaters Anonymous and submit ourselves. And it says these are followed by 43 personal experiences. All the stories in the back of this book are to do is to help us identify in, help us to say, did we drink like this? Did we, did we feel like this? Did we think like this? And if we did, get to the front of the book. So at least often, my my meetings, we study the back of the book and never get to the front and wonder why we don't change. Because we think through osmosis of hearing other people's experiences, we're going to get recovered. You can put vision for you on a 24-hour loop embedded in your brain and you will not recover. What is going to allow you to recover is right here, clear-cut direction on showing us how we have recovered. And that is what I wish for each of you this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Rose? Rose, go ahead. This Thank is you, Paula. Oh. This is Rose, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, off of what Kim said here, and uh, I've been sitting listening throughout the whole meeting, um, my connection with a higher power actually came last May 1st when I truly, out of no virtue of my own, it was brought to my knees to admit I was powerless. All the power I thought I had all these years controlling my addiction, quote-unquote, was smashed, and I had no power And the relationship I thought I had with God was also smashed. Um, You know, just the truth and the reality of my life as an active compulsive overeater um, was literally being smashed for me. And that was a result of, um, like, what was just being said, I knew I was powerless over food, and my life was unmanageable. And the opening and the connection to um, connecting with a higher power, whomever that was or is, came from making a call saying, can you please help me, to a recovered compulsive overeater. And from there, um, the clear-cut directions were given to me from this book, the big book, how to get my recovery. And that is the one that um, hooked me up with the second step of coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. It was so simplistic and so basic. Those words weren't even part of my my head because because the reality of the power of the way I had been living in the disease all those years was so overwhelming. But yet in a simple act of picking up a phone and admitting I was beat and I didn't have what it took, 
And then from that day forward here, having been brought through the 12 steps according to the directions in this big book, um, my life has been planted on a totally different basis and and without any religious affiliation actually whatsoever. And as to who the higher power is and and whatever, like was already said in this meeting, is not an issue because the power is there. The fact that every day I am free from compulsive overeating and that has led to other things that have been talked about through the whole meeting of of beginning to have an openness um, uh, and a tolerance and a love for all others with no exception, whomever they be. And all of it comes out of the power that came from first step, second step, and now the entire 12 steps, the clear-cut directions. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you very much. Paula, did you want to share? This is Amy. If I could. Paula, go ahead. Thank you. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, as, as uh, and I sit here in our listening, and I just want to back up. We think it of no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify them, themselves with as individuals. Why is that? That's not my concern. That's not my concern. Then it would bog down, what is my concern? What's my primary purpose? Just what we said, how do we bring to the next, these 12 steps, these clear-cut directions? You can't be bogged down here. And it says clearly, many, now look at, look at what we just read, many who were once in this class are now among us, among our members. There you go then we are never in the same place. When I started the 12 steps, if you said to me, are you in the same place? Oh, no, no, 12 steps. But then it says clearly, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions, no great obstacles to a spiritual experience. You know, I present the steps as they were presented to me. God takes care of the rest. It is as it should be. Thank you. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Amy, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm still a covered compulsive reader from Maryland. You know, we're coming to the end of what chapter? The chapter that says there is a solution. And what they're saying here is clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. Recovered. I mean, we look at the beginning of this chapter. It says the tremendous fact for everyone is that we have discovered a common solution. This is a tremendous fact. It's a fact. They are saying here, we have a way, and we are now going to give you clear-cut directions. You don't need to be a spiritual giant to work this program. You just need to be willing to follow the directions. And if you do, we offer you a way of living that not only frees you from compulsive overeating, but a way of living that works in all scenarios, a way to deal with life, finding peace and joy amidst whatever circumstances that we have. Here is a solution to be recovered, but there are directions. Action is going to be asked to be done. When someone asks me for directions, I write them down. 
I look at them over and over as I follow my path of where I'm going and where I'm driving. I don't throw the directions out the window because I think, oh, well, I'm going to do it my way now. No, I follow those directions. And what's so wonderful is that these people have gone before. They have recovered. And they are absolutely sure. It is a fact. They are telling it is a fact. And it's a common solution. There's no secret code. There's just directions. But we have to follow them. But we have a way in which we can absolutely agree, they say, that works. It's here, folks. The program is here. The directions are here. It works, and we may be recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. It says here, my name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It says here, in the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it and a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who were once in this class are now among our members. And what's an agnostic? An agnostic is one who believes the existence or the non-existence of God uh, cannot be proven. You know, uh, when I came here, I had a very crippled, crippled belief system. But um, I decided, after reading this text and it being brought to life by someone who uh, was recovered and in whom the problem had been solved, I decided to base my life on the assumption that if it's in the big book, it's true as far as I'm concerned. And this eliminated massive amounts of doubt and uncertainty for me. Because, again, the reality was that I was dying by my own hand. So the big book is not spending any time uh, trying to prove the existence of God. It was, through its pages, proving to me my need for God. My need for God. And the reality was, after reading these personal stories, and after speaking to people who uh, were recovered, and who were ex-problem drinkers, ex-problem compulsive overeaters, the reality was that a life based on the belief that God exists was far superior to a life without that foundation. And that was true even if God did not exist. (laughs) And that was going to be true even if God did not exist, but a life based on the belief that God did exist was far superior because I saw that in people in whom the problem had been solved. So my problem was not going to be one of proving uh, there was a God. My problem was to act as if it was true and stop acting as if it were not true. And that was possible through the action steps here on these pages. That was true through the action steps. It says, further on, clear-cut directions are giving, showing how we, are, how we recovered. No, so I just forged ahead. <laughs> I decided to base my life on the assumption that if it's in the big book, it's true as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? That worked. That was plenty. And with that, I pass. Now I'll ask Rebecca, please, to finish up the chapter, if you would. Rebecca, star one to unmute. I'm sorry, I was speaking. Good morning, this is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Each individual in the personal stories described in his own language and from his own point of view, the way described 
in his own language and from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women, desperately in need, will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by full disclosing, fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too, I must have this thing. And I feel that this is what happened to me, that people fully disclosed themselves and I was able to identify with their stories that they were telling my story. And even though I didn't know from having a relationship with God, I saw that they had found the solution and that God helped them find that. And so I was willing to keep an open mind and try what they tried that worked for them. And lo and behold, I discovered that God was doing for me what I could never do for myself. And I was convinced. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Yes, Leah. Penny E? Go ahead, Penny E. Penny E, and then Janice will close up. Thank you. Thank you. What I find, Penny E, recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, what I love is that um, what it says in here is each individual in in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. This whole book, after the first 164 pages, is not really how they stopped drinking. It's not how they stayed out of bars. It's not how they stopped going to state stores. It's not how they tried to, you know, go from vodka to beer. They say clearly that the rest of the stories are the way that each one of these people established his relationship with God. That's what it's about. That's how we recover. It's real clear cut. I love it. Have a God-filled day, everybody. Thank you, Penny. And Janice, please. Thank you, Leah. Thank you very much. So the big book is telling us is telling us that their deepest and most heartfelt desire is that you and I can find what they had found, that you and I might come desperate in need, desperate in need, and find what they found. And thank God for these clear-cut directions. Thank God for the personal experiences of the 42 stories that they're talking about there in the big book. You know, thank God they put it all out there as clearly and as honestly as they could so that you and I can identify in and figure out if we too are like these people and that if we too want this thing and must have this thing. And what is this thing that they talk about. Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. A relationship, a spiritual experience with a power greater than yourself. 
And that is what I found. And in finding that power greater than myself, I found a design for living that truly works under all conditions. That gave me a way to look at the world, a shift in my perception. That was the miracle. And that is what I pray that you find here to join us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Janice. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Judy B., might you be available to read from one page 164 this morning? Yes, I am, Leah. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great, this is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>